Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the fuck that means. My guest today is leading and organizing the fastest growing pickleball club in the Midwest. He's playing a critical part in making Cincinnati the hub of Midwest pickleball by creating an environment for learning, improving skills, and connecting with others. Through partnerships, pickleball lessons, and innovative thinking, they welcome everyone, regardless of your level of play. Please welcome Mitch Dunn of the Cincinnati Pickleball Club. Hi, Mitch. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited for this conversation. I am too. This is my favorite topic. So, I, I am thrilled to be sitting down. I had to bring on an expert to shed some light on the great sport of pickleball, which yep. I am still very much a novice in. Yep. I'm just beginning my pickleball journey. And previously, well, and still, like I am not one for organized sports. Like even the sounds of a of a kickball league like mm -hmm. start to make me itchy. Yep. yep. And so for me to latch on and stick with pickleball, like that says something about the sport. Yeah, for sure. Well, you you used a really interesting word, which was journey, <laughs> which sounds corny probably to people who have not started down the journey but for people who have they will totally know what you're talking about yeah which is it really does feel like you are in a process more so than just playing a sport it yes. feels like you are you know work you're progressing yeah. and you're trying to get from point a to point b and then once you get to point b there's like 18 other places to go with no the sport. for sure yeah so um i love that i love thinking about it as a journey yes i have been on that journey for uh three years three years Yep. And uh, I, you know, I really do love talking about the sport because it is, it has like fundamentally impacted my own life. I love this. I love this. It, it's, it's affected my fitness. It's affected my mental outlook. Yep. It's affected my social circles. Right. Um, and obviously I've created a, well, not obviously, but I have created a second full-time job for yeah, myself. Which in, is always a great thing. <laughs> in launching the club. Yeah. yeah. Which is just something I needed. Yeah. Yeah. And so as I mentioned that I'm not one for organized sports normally. I absolutely do endorse it because I know it's a huge way for people to connect and stay active and just feel like they're a part of something, especially if they don't if they haven't gone to a traditional gym or any kind of like community in that way. Like I totally get this is a great great outlet for people. But if if you don't mind, I would like to start by sharing my pickleball journey before we get into yours to just to provide some context. So I would say this was probably like july of this year so just a few months ago my husband was gonna go play with some friends now he is the opposite of me he every night if he could he would belong to a different league flag football touch rugby pickleball spike ball mountain like anything that is mm -hmm. a game or any anything like that like that is his yep. way yep. of connecting it was we were at like a, we were at an art gallery this past weekend and the other people are like oh should we go talk and he's like I don't like to talk. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, I think it would be nice. And this is like also some of his family members. So yep. I'm like, I think it would be nice if we could just go have a little conversation. And I was like, what don't you like about talking? He was like, I would just rather be playing a game. I'm like, oh, that's you're awesome. so, so different. But so he was going to play. And I was like, hell no. Glad you got a friend to do that because I'm not going to play an organized sport. No, no, no. He comes back and he was like, pickleball is great. It's really fun. This and that. I'm like, no, no, no. So I saw, then I saw that a woman I follow on Instagram who I look up to and admire, she's very, very fit, young, 
she's playing pickleball. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. And this was a time in my life where I was really trying new things. Coming out of quarantine, you had to just really expand your interest because yep. you, the you know, it was limited. Yep. I was playing cards, I'd never done that before. I went disc golfing. So I'm like, okay, let's I'm I'm in this open state of mind. Let me try it out. So we went down to Sawyer Point one Sunday and there was a free court and I never played before. So I was like, I don't want to to talk to anyone. I don't want to I don't want anyone to look at me. I'm just gonna play with him. Yep. Played a few games and I was like, this is so fun. Yeah. And so I was like the next weekend, I'm like, let's go again. I'm like, let me get my friend Kelly. Let me get Brad, the sheriff of Soundtown. He does our sound. I'm like, let you gotta play this game. It's so much fun. And I had started, I first talked about it on the podcast when I did the live episode. So I did a recording in front of a live audience. Cool. And I kind of introduced it like these, there's some gossip and drama going on in the pickleball world with the turf wars. And I started out at Sawyer Point playing, but now I'm a Lunkin girl and, and this and that. So which I definitely want to get into the, the drama and the, the gossip of the pickleball world. But how did your pickleball journey start? How do you fall in love with the sport? And why do you want to? share and spread it with the rest of Cincinnati. Yeah, great question. So um, I first heard about pickleball from a coworker. Okay. About probably six or seven years ago. And like a lot of people, I think like you probably, I was resistant at first. You know, you hear the name and it sounds- You're like, what is this? Yeah, it sounds goofy. It just sounds, <laughs> it just sounds odd. And I, at the time, I was still like hardcore playing tennis and mm. that was still a thing that I was really into. And so- um, I sort of ignored it for a while. And then about three years ago, like I said, I was on vacation um, in northern Michigan mm -hmm. at a friend's house. And his family had built a court in the side yard. So I went from kind of knowing what this thing was to playing, you know, every day for seven days. Oh, yeah, you got just thrown in. I got thrown into yeah. it. Like totally thrown into it. The funny thing is, is we had no idea what we were doing. So that sure. week I played. I also probably had no idea. Yeah. What we're doing. I mean, we, we mangled the sport <laughs> yeah. for a week, yeah. but it was enough to give you a taste. And, um, but I came home and I, I really didn't play that much until the following summer. And when I started the following summer, um, since that point, I have played, you know, four to five times a week, every week. Oh my God. Since then. Wow. Yeah. That's, a that's lot how of addictive it, that's how addicted it, if it yeah. addictive it is. You mean yeah. you, you know that yeah. from you know you can go out and play once and be like, "Oh, wait a minute. This is what I've been missing." And then you want to do it again. And yeah. then you want to do it again and then you want to do it again. It's almost like the thing that I have to compare it to is like when I was little playing video games and you just like get addicted to like the next getting better. Yeah. Because it's a it's a sport, right, where you can start and it's relative I mean not that it's low skill by any means, but you can pick it up easy enough to get into it and get excited about it. There's not that barrier to entry, yeah. like from like tennis. Yeah. To me, I'd be like, no, I, yeah. I can't. There like, is basically no barrier to entry. Um, so anybody can come out and play. And you can play like pretty well your first time out. Yeah. Um, but you realize really quickly that there's this um, opportunity, at least, mm -hmm. to get a lot better. And yeah. that's where the journey starts. Right. You know, you're like, oh, it, like it looks better pretty easy and it feels easy at first until you realize like I'm getting the ball smashed back at me over and over again there there must be something I have to get better at in yes. order to keep that from happening yes so yeah that's um that's part of the journey 
but the other thing is um i loved it so much and i um i thought there was such an opportunity in cincinnati to grow the sport and in growing the sport i thought we would help grow cincinnati you know so yeah i love this town i want to help it you know do well yes and i want to help the sport and i thought wait those are the same thing mm -hmm. you know so and nobody had started a club in cincinnati and i couldn't believe it like I was just sitting there um, mid sort of last year thinking um, somebody's going to do this. Yeah. And somebody's going to do it really well. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome. Right. And I guess it's just going to be me. Yeah. why not? Right. You know? No, so, I had this. I shared with you. I had the same feeling about this podcast. Yeah. I'm like, what if someone does it before I do? Yeah. Like it's there. Yeah. And I'm just enough of a control freak to have wanted oh. my, you know, you know, to oh, get my yeah. arms wrapped around it. You're and preaching like, to the choir. Yes. <laughs> I have a great partner, a co-founder, Karen Gaines, yeah. who um, I knew when I met her that she would be a good partner because mm -hmm. she has a lot of skills that I don't have. And I bring a lot of things to bear that she doesn't have. So we've created this sort of symbiotic yeah. relationship and we run it together. So, um, yeah, love sharing it with people. Yeah. That's, and we have... 440 members right. now. Right. Oh, I saw that's great. Yeah. So let's let's break down the game. Let's talk logistics of the game. Yep. And I'm in also interested to hear because how many times I've played. Then you mentioned at coffee, scoring is kind of tricky. And I'm like, oh shit, we're definitely not doing it right then because it doesn't seem that tricky yeah. to me. <laughs> so let okay, break it down. Like what is a sport? How do you play? Yeah. Players, scoring, all that. Yep. Really simply, um, I always tell people that playing pickleball is sort of like standing on an oversized ping pong table. Yes. Okay. So that's what it feels like because the ball bounces kind of similarly um right it's like a wiffle ball yeah it's a wiffle ball it's a wiffle exactly ball. It's, it's like a like hard a... hard wiffle ball condensed tennis court yes yeah. it's a third of the size of a tennis court okay so it's 44 feet long 20 feet wide and you're playing with a paddle that really doesn't weigh that much more than a ping pong paddle so yeah. it, it's usually about eight ounces which again like anybody can hold an right. eight ounce paddle and right. swing it with one arm yep um and most people play doubles. Yes. So you've got um, an interesting dynamic there where you're part of a team, mm -hmm. whether you know that person or not. Right. And often when I started playing, I had no idea who these people were. So I was literally walking down to the courts yes. at Clear Creek um, in Newtown and um, just getting into an open play, like a doubles game. Yep. And that's one of the great things about pickleball is – they welcome you even though you suck, you yeah, know? <laughs> even right. though you're in that early part of your journey. Yes. Um, people welcome you in as long as you show the desire to learn. Yeah. So yeah, um, often played in doubles and there are some kind of goofy rules. As you know, you have right. to serve underhanded. Right. So yes. you cannot. Got that part. Okay, yep, good. Can't serve above the waist. And it has to bounce. Yep. When the yep. ball comes back to you on the return, it has to bounce. So yes. That's the double bounce rule. Okay. Yep. And then um, there's a 14 foot wide space surrounding the net so seven feet on either side of the net and you cannot hit the ball out of the air while standing in that space and that's called the kitchen and that's called the kitchen why is it called the kitchen this was the most pressing question that i had that is a <laughs> that is a great question technically it's called the non-volley zone which is really what we should call it oh is kitchen like a slang it's slang kitchen slang so non-volley zone says i can't stand in that space and volley you, yeah, right. You, you have to let it bounce if it's going to... You have to let it bounce if yes. it's going to go in the kitchen. Yes. And you also can't volley and then get carried into the non-volley. Oh, okay. So same thing there, right? So those are the basic rules. So yeah. underhanded serve, 
double bounce rule and you cannot volley out of the non-volley zone or okay. or the kitchen. And that is probably in place, right? Because someone could just stand at the net and just bam, 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 bam yep. slam it down yep. without there being a lot of The play. net is only 34 inches high in the center. So even if you're relatively short, if you could yes. stand right next to that sure. net, the game would be over right. really fast. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's part of what makes it um, really fun. And that's part of what makes um, both uh, the kind of power game, the, that part of pickleball important, but also the soft game. What's the power game? So you'll see oftentimes on um, odd shots, like a third shot. So if I serve yep. and then the return comes back, yep. that um, next shot is the third shot of the game. And that's where you don't have to have it bounce. That's where you don't have to if have it If you're not bounce. in the kitchen. Right. Yes. yes. So you'll see people often drive the ball, like yes. hit it really hard yes. on the third shot. If it comes back to them, then the next shot is the fifth shot. And you'll often see that one be soft. So what's what they're trying to do when they're doing that is to everybody get as close to the kitchen as possible. Oh yeah, so kind of luring them in. Yes. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna win the game by being at the kitchen. So when people say, I'm afraid of standing at the kitchen line, mm -hmm. I know they're in trouble. Because you have to get really comfortable really fast standing at the kitchen line. And they would be afraid maybe because they're going to get pelted in the head. Because they're going to get pelted with the ball, <laughs> which is going to happen. I mean, that is going to happen. I'm just telling you <laughs> listeners right now, whoever has not played pickleball. You're, you're going to get whacked with a pickleball. You are going to get whacked <laughs> with a pickleball. The good news is it's um, it's not even a tennis ball. So it's like, yeah. imagine getting hit with a pretty heavy wiffle ball. It's yeah. Like, it yeah. doesn't hurt that bad. No, no. You'll be okay. You will be okay. So yeah, um, when you're 14 feet from each other though, across the you know the kitchen, um, it seems like you're pretty close, especially when yeah. somebody's really wailing it on you. Yeah. So, yeah. How is the scoring calculated? So that's a great question. So the basic crux of scoring is that both players, when you're playing doubles, I'll mm -hmm. just talk about doubles yeah. for a second. When you're playing doubles, both players on each side get to serve each time. So, oh yeah so if i'm on the regardless right, if like one misses yes regardless they, of what happens okay. except for the first serve so this is where it gets complicated because oh, okay. on the first serve you start on what is called the second server so the score at the beginning of a game is zero zero uh -huh. so that's my score and the other team's score yeah and then two which indicates that i am the second server after that if i lose that point the score then goes to the other team the ball goes to the other team and now it's zero zero one so okay. I'm now the first, that person is now the first server. Okay. So um, just keep in mind that when you are playing or when you're starting to learn, there's always my score, your score, and the number server that you are. Okay. And the number server that you are is not where you are, it's who you are. Mm. So that gets a little bit tricky for people. So if I'm on the right-hand side of mm -hmm. the court, okay, or the even side, another way to call that, um, I am always going to be the first server. Okay. Always. If I win the point and I move over to the left-hand side or the odd side of the court, I am still the first server. Right. You, you carry your designation. That's who I am. Okay. Yep. Got it. So you're referencing doubles a lot. Is that the most commonly played way is doubles? Yeah, okay. for sure. It's okay. really fast paced. Um, you get four people on the court. So yeah. for a you know, a six court facility that has a lot of people that want to play. Right. It gets a lot you of people out people there through quickly all at once. Yeah. yeah. I've done mostly singles just because I haven't had, because I have not infiltrated the pickleball community yet, which we, we can talk about. But, um, this we, and so is, is it like rally scoring? 
it's not rally scoring. Okay, so, so that we've that, been doing it wrong. Yeah, so that's another <laughs> that's another tricky part. Um, it's not rally scoring, so I only score when I am serving. Is basically all that means. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had some false information. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, and then the point is the point value is up to eleven. Yes, play okay. to eleven. Yep. Okay, but you can't score. Okay, so it's not like if I miss a serve, the other person gets a point. No. No, you can only score on the serve, which yes. is like volleyball, which is yeah. Okay. I mean, a lot of volleyball volleyball eventually went to largely rally scoring. Oh, did they? Which there's a conversation about whether pickleball should go to rally scoring. I I actually don't think that it should. It would be a quick game. It would be um it would be a quick game. You'd probably have to change the top score. You'd probably have to play to fifteen or oh, e- even yeah. to twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in order for it to be a TV sport, they're talking about that maybe being a thing that they would have to do. Is it so, a TV sport now? Well, it's becoming a TV sport, especially during COVID. COVID has been great. For I'm pickleball. telling you, <laughs> it's what that's how it got me in. Yeah. Yeah. So are we seeing like a national rise? Of, of pickleball players? Do you know? Do you have any intel on that? Humongous rise. Really? Yeah. In fact, the largest right. growing segment of um, the playing population is 18 to 34-year-olds. Which I wanted to talk about because it historically has been known as not as attractive for younger people. Yes. Let's say that. Why do you think that is? I Well, I think... Um, so the good news about pickleball is because anybody can play... You can play well into your seventies, right. eighties, right. even nineties. Yeah, which is great. You can do that with swimming, you know, yeah. bike, you know, even biking somewhat. Yep. So it's like it's not doesn't have to be exclusive. Yeah, for to the sure. older population. Um, so it's it's kind of easier on your your body. Yeah. At least some people think that it is. Yeah, <laughs> depends I, on I, how you play. <laughs> I've beat up my body pretty yeah. <laughs> pretty well in the last couple of years, as my physical therapist will attest. Mm. Um. But um, but it's obviously not exclusively for older people. And yes. It's, it's so fun. So when, you know, 30-year-olds come out and play, they're having the same experience right. that an 80-year-old is. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're falling in great. love with it. That is great. To talk about inclusion, diversity and inclusion of, of ages is really good, which is what I like to see when it comes to fitness. With like, with like anything else, you're like, if you're in this echo chamber of you're only working out people that look like you and at your scale level and from the same background, like what? That's not like challenging you in a in a different way right. that you would hope that a fitness or a sport can do. Yeah, you know, besides you, the physical. And you said you were not a really a team sport person. Yeah. I'm not a gym rat. Yeah, you right. Know, I, I love being fit. I have yeah. been I have been fit. I've been focused on fitness my entire life, and I have spent you know accumulative minutes, number of small minutes, like in the sure. actual gym yep. lifting weights and stuff, which is something I probably should do more of, <laughs> but um. But I, part of the reason that I like pickleball is because it's keeping me in amazing shape. Right. Which is another thing that younger people typically don't give it credit for. Right. Um, when I go play on a Saturday morning, I'm routinely playing for three or three and a half hours. Oh, wow. Straight. Yeah. So. Wow. You are, um, trust me. You're, you're working. You're getting a good workout. Yeah. yeah. I was working. And, it, and, and it's, I love the way that coming from someone that does go to the gym a lot and I'm doing certain exercises or doing, you know, a consistent way of movement to be able to almost get out and kind of move your body freely. Like you're lunging, you're jumping, you're running backwards, you're running forward. Like those movements we don't get all the time and it feels good to mix it up and just to be like, no, this is how my body's performing in this free moment and it's not kind of a you know prescribed workout it's like yeah yeah, we do those prescribed workouts to make us strong to make us fit but then it's like well then what's kind of the there's absolutely a point to doing it and you're not like testing your skill but 
you're I'm like, okay, well, this is great. I see the work I'm doing in the gym pay off because I can move to a ball fast yeah. or I can, yeah. you know, lunge to the side laterally or whatever it is. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of lunging. Yes. So if you're gonna play pickleball, yes. get ready to lunge. That's <laughs> that's a thing that you need to be able to do. Yeah. Um, in fact, um just being flexible mm-hmm. is a really mm-hmm. important part of pickleball. So one of the things that I focus a ton on is just stretching and yeah. staying limber. Mobility. Yeah, mobility. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's so I mean, even if a lot of the people right now are playing that are older, it, that is so such a great outlet for them to keep yeah. them moving and then plus the social piece. So I want to talk about the social piece a little bit because I think I might have a misconception and I might be approaching it from the wrong way. So the story that I have is that one time I went to Sawyer Point and I was with my friend Kelly. She had never played before either. She's a tennis player though. So I'm like, she's going to pick it up fast. But again, we kind of approached it in our like millennial bratty minds of like, I I don't want to play with anyone else. I just want to play with my my friend that's here. And we got like a hard dose of reality where the guy's like, no, you, you put your, your paddle on the board. And then when the court's open, you go in, you jump in with any game that's going on. And, and I was a little shook. I was like, oh no, I don't think. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I'm not ready for this. But this is the norm, right? This is like yeah. it is a social sport and that you will show up by yourself and you're going to play with everyone that's there. Yes, that is that is basically what pickleball was built on is the yeah. concept of open play. So, oh, yeah, um, you know, open means inclusive. So mm-hmm. it means everybody can play. But it also means when you are a player, you are expected to to merge into the existing play that's at yeah. the courts. Now, what you'll see in a lot of places, especially a, a facility that has 12 or 18 courts, is they will be designated by skill level. Okay, that would be helpful because so it is a little intimidating. Yeah, it can I be. was a little intimidated. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. So, but in a bigger court facility, which we are working to build in yeah. Cincinnati, I Ooh, will cool. note, um, you would probably have been encouraged to play at like a 2.5 or a yes. 3.0 court. Sure. And then... That intimidation factor, I'm telling you, would have gone like largely out the window. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that the way that we were approached, which I get it, like this man was probably highly knowledgeable in pickleball. He's probably been playing for a long time and he made the assumption that we didn't know how to play. That was the correct assumption. Okay. I will (laughs) absolutely, it was the correct assumption. But it came off immediately as like, well, let me tell you how to do it. And so then I was just like, immediately, I was like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. You're telling me that you know how to do it. I, like that you can tell me how to do it. I don't want to do it. That is my own internal things to work through. Yeah. I recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that um, the the separated courts, had I known that that was there, I would have been way more apt to, to try it out. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to kid you. There is a little bit of like um, one-upsmanship in pickleball so yeah so i've been playing for three years let me show you the way yeah that's what i got this like let me guide you and there's an aspect of that that's really good because if you if you get somebody who's willing to really like welcome you right a mentor in the space yeah it's great yeah but here's the downside if you get somebody who i played with someone last night who was doing this to his partner if you get someone who is um going to coach you on every single point it gets obnoxious really right 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 what do you do you do you offer any feedback in that moment to them or do you just keep quiet and you're like i don't offer feedback to the person who's coaching the other person but i also am not a coacher like i'm i'm you know if you want coaching i will give it to you yes but i try i've been 
my wife in particular has given me some some feedback about keeping my mouth shut. So yeah, I, I have yeah. I have learned over time. It has taken me a little while, but I've learned over time to sort of like keep it to yourself until they ask you for it. Right, which I think is honestly a good approach to take in anything in life. Of that, you know, someone might not want you to give advice. Yep. You know, yep. maybe they. Just, yep. you, I like I like the idea of offering. You know, if he was like, "Oh, do do you want to learn this, or do you want to know how it goes?" Whatever it was, but it just came across as yeah. like too much so then that's why i moved to where i moved to lunkin and lunkin is much more chill yeah vibes on the pickleball yep. scene yep. sawyer point is crowded which i'm it's a free court i'm sure people yep. are down there every week they know everyone they're in it and then lunkin is like okay that's where i can go to just kind of right. play my own i think i just need to get more comfortable on my own and again my own internal shit where i'm like i don't like to show up to something and be not that great at it yep. i'm getting better at kind of practicing the beginner mindset for sure yeah but still to show up and i'm just like oh yeah. here we go <laughs> well the good is news is bad. um for those in Humbling. for those in cincinnati at a place like lunkin you can go get a court of your own yeah so you pay the five bucks yeah and you can reserve that court for right. for two hours and that's a that's a good amount of time to get oh, yeah. to get pickleball sort of yeah. like going. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Okay, let's talk about the the club and the offerings. I was so surprised to hear there are sixty over sixty places to play pickleball in Cincinnati. Yeah, that number is probably low now. Um, that was the last count. Um, there I thought are, there were two. I thought there was Sawyer Port and Lunkin. I had no idea. I did yeah. a quick Google search and I didn't I didn't see that immediately. There so maybe are, you need to there are a ton. So um I do probably need to update that number. That's okay. On the website. <laughs> or maybe you can get some like Google some yeah. Google um mentions or whatever. Or Tell like get some hits if they if a certain Cincinnati Cincinnati pickleball, then yeah. your yeah. site comes up first. Yeah. That does <laughs> happen. Talk, I've, yeah. I've worked pretty okay, hard. Good, I've good, worked good. pretty hard on that part. <laughs> I'm sure that you I'm sure that you did. <laughs> that part I'm like really competitive. Right. About. You're like, I know how to do this. Oh yeah. I can figure that part out. Um shoot, what was your question? Oh, yeah, the we were talking offerings. about the club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, we launched the club on January 5th of this year. Um, oh, so new, yeah. Yeah, right after the holidays. Uh, we worked on getting the site ready and sort of figuring out the mission of the club and the vision. And, um, you know, it's built on some pretty simple tools. You need a really, you know, you need a Squarespace account. You need yeah. a, You need a PayPal account. You yep. need a... You got to go to GoDaddy and buy the URL yes, and right. yep. pretty quickly you can have a pretty credible yeah. looking club. But we wanted from the very beginning to make sure that we were actually offering something of value. Mm -hmm. So right out of the gate, we started organi organizing um, uh, socials Oh, great. and yeah. um, indoor play at the time was really important because we were launching yep. in January. Yep. So we coordinated that with Eastern Hills um, mm -hmm. right near Lunkin Airport. And um, since since January, gosh, I wish I had kept track of how many events we have had. We have had um, three tournaments. We've had more league dates than I could even possibly count. More socials than I could count for sure. What does a social look like? A social looks like um, generally like a Friday night. Okay. Where you show up at, you know, 4.30 or 5. And um, you might pay, I don't know, 12 bucks yeah. or something like that. And get a beer and yeah. dinner, which we yeah. put together, and um, sort of round robin style yep. play, and it's a blast. And yeah, we have music playing so really fun. loud. And right, right, right. Yeah, it's great. So we do those. Um, we do those 
actually very often. Yeah. I mean, obviously, COVID has tamped that stuff down. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you seen a hit? I mean, with outdoors, are people still like, hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to play pickleball? Yeah, when we're when we're playing outside, um, not that people aren't aware of it because they are cognizant of what's yeah. going on. But it's, you know, it, it's. I think it's one of the safer things oh, that, I that, agree. that yeah. you can do, you know. Um, Being outside and you're moving around, you're yeah. far apart from each other and anyway. You know, we're not congregating we're not hugging yeah. after matches yes. and stuff like yeah, that believe right. me um but as we move back inside i think there's going to be people mm. who are going to be um sort of especially uh careful yeah which is tough which is great it right. is it is tough it makes yeah. it it makes it difficult because you know to me um pickleball is not uh, a summer thing this is oh. a year-round well that's good to know yeah. because i'm gonna need some like lights at the end of the tunnel for yeah. winter of yep. like yep. my walks are going to are going to be diminished i'm going to i'm going to be looking for something to just kind of yeah. well we have a whole um winter indoor schedule on the website since 90pickleball.com slash winter indoor uh-huh and um that's got every place in the city that hosts anything inside yeah on, in one snapshot okay so, yeah and they, that you need to get your own equipment, right? You don't like provide equipment. You need to get your own. True. Yeah. Yes. But the good news is you can get a pretty good paddle mm -hmm. for, you know, 30 bucks or yeah. 40 bucks. And yeah. then you can get a really good paddle for like 120. So the oh, wow. range isn't really that crazy. Yeah. And other than that, you need a couple balls. Right. That's right. It. I've seen, they have pickleball paddles and balls at Walmart. Yep. Too. Yeah. I don't know how much, I think they're probably around like the. $40. Yeah. If that's not a sign of pickleball's growth, I, I know that's true. I don't true. know what is. That's true. You I can like, buy a paddle at Walmart. I came across that and I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I bought one for my friend because like, we're going to play pickleball. You need to have this paddle. Yeah. Um. Okay, cool. So when you are talking about like tournaments, you do like tournaments, people have to register ahead of time. Yep. And like, are you separating by skill? Yep. You, I heard you bring into some like there are pro pickleball players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In fact, we had a couple of them in recently to run a clinic for the club, which was a blast. I think we had about 20 people in that clinic. Oh, nice. And you can learn a lot in a couple hours with a pro, like somebody who is playing at a super high level. And yes. One of the things you realize as you progress in your pickleball journey uh -huh. um, is even when you have you think you've reached it, you're like, I'm actually getting yeah, I'm good. pretty good at right, this. Right, right, right. Go on YouTube and watch a pro match and you will realize very quickly how far you still have to go. <laughs> no, <I laughs> Or another thing that I would suggest to people who are maybe a little farther along is um, record yourself playing. Oh, like, set up whoa. your Set up your phone <laughs> in the corner on a tripod. You're going to see things that are going to make you cringe. I have done that before with boxing. So yeah. this would be a very avid boxer. They would film us doing combinations and whatnot. And you look back and you're like, is that how my body moves? Yeah. Because in my head, <laughs> I swear it doesn't look like that. Yep. You're like the limb is flying out. You're like your feet are spread. So I'm like, how am I still standing? No, that is a good. I, I also had the experience when I swam in high school. They brought like an Olympic swimmer in to do a workshop. And after being with her, I think it was probably I spent like 20 minutes with her. My technique, my my swim skill like shot up yeah so i totally hear that where are they where are a lot most of the pro pickleball players located they're located in um out west yeah that's um, what i was thinking i mean obviously california's yeah. huge oregon's huge um but increasingly like sort of all over right i'm gonna be in hilton head next week and there's a 
great facility oh, there. Sarah Ansbury, who's a great pro, runs the facility at Palmetto Dunes. Um, they have that place is amazing. Yeah, the courts are immaculate, and she teaches clinics and and stuff like that. So they're just sort of normal people. Yeah. Well, I say right. I say they're normal people. They're typically um, either really really accomplished tennis players, if not pro tennis players, okay. who are transitioning into yeah. pickle. The, a lot of the really good players like follow that that sort of path. Yeah. But sometimes they're just normal dudes who, yeah. you know, were good at racquetball. Or, right. You know, and just right. have fallen in love. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's Dave Weinbach, who's probably my sort of idol. Oh, in, yes. In pickleball. pickleball hero. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so corny that I have a pickleball hero. But, no, not at all. But I do. I don't care. So, so is there truth to the turf wars of, of pickleball? Yeah, I think there there is some truth to that, unfortunately. What goes on there? What's yeah. going on? They well, get territorial. There's a little bit of um yeah, there's a little bit of uh of a competitive nature, certainly to pickleball. So Yeah. You know, nobody fine. nobody likes to lose. Over, no, I'm gonna talk about that soon. Over no. and over and over. So no if one you, likes to lose. Yeah. So if you just extend that to sort of thinking about the places that you play, um, there's a little bit of like, this is my place. I'm gonna uh-huh. I'm gonna protect it. And then part of what happens is that when newbies, you know, come to that location, you kind of want to show them a thing or two. Sure. And that sort of cre- increases that likelihood that someone's going to not feel welcome. Yeah. So that yeah. is a thing. I'm not yeah. going to kid you. That yeah. that does happen in in pickleball. Um, but I'm a USAPA ambassador, and one of our jobs is to sort of tamp that down mm, and to mm-hmm. sort of do whatever we can to keep it from happening. Yeah. So but it also is natural, like human nature. It is totally to human get nature. territory. Like yeah. this is my court. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna be better than yes. We're gonna be better than Sawyer Point. You know. Yes. But um, the truth is, and and this is the reason we started the club is is really pretty much to get rid of that. Yeah, everyone's united under this Cincinnati pickleball club. Yes. We could all play together regardless yes. of exactly. location, whatever. I mean the the fact that um. Sawyer Point is the most convenient place for mm. you to play should have no bearing on anything. That just means that's the most convenient place for right. you to play. Yes. The most convenient place for me to play is at Clear Creek, which yeah. is in Newtown. And um it's a bit of a different style of play between those two oh. those two locations. So there is a tangible difference sometimes when What's you, the difference? Well, um Sawyer Point tends to be folks who are a little earlier in their journey oh, okay and and clear creek tends to be people who are a little bit further down the path okay so i you know i would say it's a it's a clear creek plays a little bit more advanced yes what okay I would, okay I good say. i can't go there yet then yeah okay, you, perfect but there's also and then there's a perception because of that the clear creek is not welcoming and that mm. bothers me yeah I, sure that, of that's, course that's where i started playing and i was always like totally welcomed mm. and i was terrible at first, especially. I, st- yeah. I still think I'm terrible. I think <laughs> there was maybe some age prejudice happening with me, too, that I looked like a beginner. Yeah. Again, it's true. I was. Yeah. I am a beginner. You're a young whippersnapper. Yes. Like, yeah. Yes. 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 Yep. Do you have any ideas for the club or, like, goal for the club to kind of expand to all ages? Well, so a couple things that we're working on. Yeah. I mean, one is we are working on, at the same time, two the development of two world-class facilities. Mm. And I can't tell you like everything that's going on there, but suffice it to say that in just a couple years from now, I think Cincinnati could have two of the best places to play pickleball 
anywhere in the country without you know crazy money without you know crazy heavy lifting yeah. it's, it's it's kind of like within our grasp and Sawyer Point is one of those locations oh, so yeah cool if you've been to Sawyer Point you you will see an aging tennis facility Yep. I mean, that's some cracks. That's what it is. Yeah. The courts are cracked. The surface isn't that great. The lighting needs work. Um, but, but it's you, a beautiful place for a, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, like if you can look, city. Yeah, yeah, if you can look beyond the cracks, what you also see is, uh, a, a, a pro shop mm-hmm. bathrooms. Yeah. A grandstand, uh, a sound system, you know, and it's right on the river mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you can get to bars and restaurants right. with, right. You know, no, it is a good location. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we are focused on. I think once we have those court facilities that are larger, so we're talking like 12, 18, 20 courts. Oh, wow. Then it's going to be way easier to welcome everybody all at once. Yeah. Because you could have courts that are specifically for 4-0 plus players, right? So you could go try to play there, but you will get killed, right? You will just- I have no doubt. Yes. (laughs) But then you're also, that means you're also going to have courts for 2-0 players. Yes. Where you would be- totally fine yeah, yeah yeah so that's what we're really working on no that's awesome so i want to shift gears a little bit and talk about a couple concepts that have really come to light for me during my pickleball journey apart from the sport itself so we talked a little bit pickleball or not i love exploring this idea of the confidence that we get from a physical activity from a sport translating then to other areas of our life yep. so i mean it, it seems like to me it's this chain reaction. And I think physical fitness for us as humans is like the most tangible way to see it. And especially with something like pickleball, you start and you look, and even the first time you play within the hour or two that you're playing, you remember, okay, I know what it felt like to pick up the paddle and hit the ball the first time and it's clunky and it's weird and it's an hour later and I'm already better. Yeah. And so it's like, I can see that improvement what else am I capable of doing or how else does this, yep. this confidence kind of seep into other yep. areas of my life? Yep. So I'm just interested to know if you had that experience oh, before. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. I, I have, um, I feel sort of, uh, I feel more confident in certain things at work. Yeah. I, and I, I was always sort of like comfortable in front of people and in mm-hmm. front of groups and stuff. But even, even just with that kind of stuff, just sort of, um, that sense that no matter what this situation throws at me, yeah. that I'm going to be able to handle it. Right. I think that is a, a tangible outcome of that process of failure at the beginning of a sport like pickleball. Cause you are going to fail. Yeah. You know, you're going to lose yep. a lot. Mm-hmm. I played last night and I lost a lot. I didn't mm-hmm. play very well last night. So um, there's going to be times when you're going to get like kind of beat up. Yeah. But it's in that process of bouncing back from failure mm-hmm. and remembering that there were certain certain things that you did really yes. well, and yeah. then applying those to the next time you play. Yeah, when you do win more, right? And all of a sudden you're like, "That was me. Like right. I did that on my right. own. I can I, learn new things. Yes, yeah. I progressed. Yeah, I I love that um sort of early stage learning something new, um, trying to get better at it. Yeah, and then doing it with other people. Yes, is it builds this community really right. fast. Like the sense yes. of sort of we're all in this together. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that is definitely something that I have yeah. felt in my own life. In the same vein, I also had this very strong recognition and confrontation with my ego. Because to be honest with you, I have never won a pickleball game. 
And I'm not that great, but I also think I'm just playing, the people that I'm playing with are better than me. Uh-huh. So while I'm playing, and like it's very easy in that moment when you miss a shot, you miss a serve, you miss a point, whatever it is. And it's not something that I experience in my day-to-day life, but I would literally feel rage is a strong word. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say rage, yeah. but I had a anger feeling that like I can feel rise in me that you're like oh my god what is this like this is disappointment this is uncomfortable (laughs) you know like that I messed up and 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 that right that's the ego coming up of course and it's like I couldn't act out on that I couldn't act you know that you you can't be a sore loser you know I so you have to like stay composed I'm like okay well here it goes another one lost another point and here's the game that I lost again and it just like I've been trying to really practice I feel that feeling come up and I'm like okay sit with this this is an uncomfortable feeling yeah it's okay you're gonna lose sometimes you're not gonna be the best but it was just like I hadn't had that feeling and because I haven't not haven't necessarily been in that situation right, where it's like the failures right then and there. It's yeah. like right evident. Right. Oh man. I love hearing that. I love hearing that from you. So, <laughs> and, but here's the reason it's because part of, you know, to me, part of getting good at pickleball, becoming a, a proficient player is sort of tamping down your own ego. Yeah, you have to, it's like such practice. If you don't, you're going to make yourself miserable. Right. And, and I, you're going to be a sore loser. And no one likes a sore loser. Exactly. And I, I'm three years into playing. So I'm a little further down the path than you are. Um, but just last night, I had to remind myself, like, it's okay to screw up. Like, yeah, because I was working on, I've been working on a shot, hardest shot in pickleball, third shot drop. Okay. okay. Which I can explain a little bit more. But just yeah. the third shot drop is the hardest shot in pickleball, and it's not even close. Like, there's there's nothing else that's that difficult. And uh, I have – it's a months-long sort of process of, oh. of trying to change something in your in your third shot. Yeah. Which I am working through as we speak. Yes. So yes. last night – I was talking about not playing well last night. Um, I was killing my partner because my third shot drop was so bad. And so are you saying – is it like you're – not letting it bounce, you're like hitting it right back. No, so uh, when no. I say drop, all that means is I'm trying to drop it into the kitchen. Oh, yes, like a little doop. I'm trying to drop it oh, right over yes, the net. Yes, like a little soft landing, but they yes. can't get to it in time yes. to guess. Yeah, yes, I know exactly. exactly what you mean. Yep. So I've um, tried to do that too. Yeah. What my what my ego says to me is you should be better already. Right. So I have to overcome that feeling because it's like, no, you haven't earned anything. Like yeah. you've got to I got to keep at it. Yeah. This is hard. Yeah. Right. Right. S- speaking of Dave Weinbach, my, you know, personal pickleball Your hero. hero. Yep. I watched a video with him the other day and he said, you know, this is the hardest shot in pickleball. You're mm-hmm. going to struggle with it like for a long time. And he's, yep. he was totally right. Yeah. But I, I just, yeah, I loved that. It gave me the opportunity to examine that part of myself, which is something in the rest of my life. Like I don't like to fail. I don't like to not be good at something. And this was like a very start. And in a safe space, you know, allowed me to experience it in a safe space. It doesn't really matter if I'm losing at right. pickleball yeah. against my husband, against my friend. Like, it doesn't really right. matter. You're not going to get fired. I'm not going to get fired. No, they don't care. I don't care. But I do care. But, like, the just that, I'm like, oh, there's that feeling, you know, and you haven't had it since sports and in school or playing games when you're young, whatever it is. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That's not... And that's not a fun experience, but that's what is this trying to tell me? 
I was playing with a friend of mine on Saturday night, and uh, she's pretty early still in sort of getting getting the grass her grasp on pickleball. And, yeah. And uh, we won two games in a row against you know a pretty pretty good team. Yeah. Who shall yeah. remain nameless. Right. <laughs> and uh, but she was so excited. Yeah. Like, she was just like bristling with excitement. Yes. And um, to me that that is the process of sort of like overcoming your fear of failure yeah and then maybe tamping your ego down a little bit and then you win and you're like oh my gosh that, right it's so that great feels really good right yeah right 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 totally so besides pickleball what else do you do personally mentally physically to take care of yourself because we didn't even, we haven't mentioned this but you have a very successful career in media yeah. marketing yep. your dad yep. so what are you doing to really show up in the best way in those different roles yeah well i mentioned um physical therapy which is weird for that to be the first thing out of my mouth. No, that's great. But I'm self-care mo yeah. Exactly. I'm 50. So I am um just old enough I think to like be feeling things in my body that I never thought I was going to be feeling, you yes. know? So it's like, yeah. oh my gosh. So um you can either choose to address those things yep. and actively participate in like what it feels like to be in pain and then try to work your way through it or you could like ignore it. And my dad taught me a long time ago when I was a little kid to not ignore it. So, oh, that's good. Yeah. Usually it's the opposite. Yeah. So one of the things that I do is I really like pay attention to what's hurting. Oh yeah. Good for you. And when you play a lot um, of anything for sure, like repetitive movement patterns. Yes. I mean, you don't even have to be playing something the way that we're sitting, the way that we're walking, the way that you're lifting. Yep. That just adds up over time. Yeah. So I work a lot on um, mobility and I work on the parts of my body that are giving me grief. Yeah. You know? So so what does that look like? Are you like foam rolling or doing exercises? Yes. Both of those. Yeah. Um, I do cupping. I do. Oh, yeah. I do some dry needling. Which yes. I just started doing with my PT. How do you feel about that? Have you done it when you've been in pain? Yes. I, I've done cupping when I'm in pain. Yep. My lower back in particular. Yep. And I don't know what you think about that. I mean, it's... I, I've had great relief from cupping. I've had like well, a severe muscle spasm down my back and she's used cupping and dry needling and yeah, manual and the yeah. gun like all at once yeah. to like get it out. And you absolutely feel a difference. I totally away. agree. Okay, so I'm a big advocate. Like yeah. I, I to wholeheartedly believe in it. Yeah, I do too. Um, So I, you know... I, w I did that twice last week. I mean, it makes my back look like yeah, I right. got beat with a bat. I you know, know, for sure. But um, it feels great both in the moment and then for like weeks later, I, f I feel like a new person. That's so, good. Yeah. My experience with dry needling, I've gotten it done once when I had no pain or issue and it was just kind of like, hey, this is something that we could offer. This is what it is. And I didn't, I didn't even feel it. I felt nothing. And then I went when I was in very severe pain and that experience was totally different. Yeah, it feels like there's an elect, like an electric shock going yep. through your muscles, yep. and you can put an electric shock in them. But this one was not. It was just, uh -huh. just the needle. Yeah, and like so much so, like my whole body was like, yeah, like just like twitched uncontrollably. Totally, but walked away feeling like it had been like a great release and pressure taken off. Yeah, who do you go see? Where do you go? I go to Mount Lookout Chiropractic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, my PT is Ellen Frank. And okay, I cool. always tell her that she's a miracle worker. Yes. Yeah. I know. I think she's awesome. There's um, a place to uh, around the corner from there on Eastern Avenue called the Form and Function Movement Lab. Have you heard of them? Dr. Yeah, Eric Nobby? I follow them on Instagram. Yeah. They're great for that type of work too. There's a lot of great people in the city that do dry needling and, and cupping and all that stuff. I feel like yeah. we have a really good solid base of those types of yeah. work. But when I'm not playing pickle, um, I'm usually... Riding a bike, 
Um, oh yeah. Hiking or walking. Mm-hmm. Um, I snowboard in the winter. Oh wow. Which I adore. And wish I got to do more of. Um, I switched I, from skiing about ten years ago. Did you? Yeah. I I have committed to the fact, subscribed to the fact that I can't learn to ski or snowboard anymore. I've oh missed, really? I've missed the boat. I missed the boat. I think you have to do it when you're young. Yeah. If you try to do it in your 30s, like you're going to tear your ACL. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. And when I learned that the gondola takes you to the top, but it won't take you down, I was like, no. <laughs> what happens if I get stuck? Yeah. My anxiety would just be through the roof. If you if you wanted to learn, my only advice, I learned how to um, wakeboard first. Okay. So when you wipe out on a wakeboard, you're hitting water. Right. But that could still hurt. It could still hurt. And it does still hurt. Yeah. But it it hurts way less than hitting snow. The ground? Yes, the ground. A tree? Yes, or a tree. So I learned how to fall on water first before I went to snow, frozen water. So, yeah. So the advice is learn how to fall? Learn how to fall, yeah. It's not that I don't want to. I, I, I romanticize the thought for sure. I would love to be skiing down a mountain. Who wouldn't love that? Yeah. But I just don't know. If the risk would outweigh, yeah, outweighs the the I, reward outweigh. Re- I, I do still risk. love it. I I I do it as much almost for the sort of connection with the natural world yeah. as I do the like the thrill. Sure, when it is a thrill, but yeah, but there's always that one moment when I'm snowboarding when I'm at the top and I sit down for a minute and like I'm taking a rest or something, yeah. and I'm looking out at this scene. I know before me that is like. It's, you know, it's beautiful. It's stunning. Yeah. I think I could get into cross country skiing. Yeah. That would be that, great. That's, that's a great workout. Right. And it's like, because I love to hike. I mm-hmm. go hiking every weekend. We've been going to the gorge. We went to the gorge the last three weekends, which cool. has been beautiful right now. Yeah. But I think that would combine the hiking and the skiing element. So yeah. it's still a little yep. locomotion. For sure. Or snowshoeing. You could try snowshoeing. I have done snowshoeing in Colorado too. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Yeah. But I think I like the idea of like, Getting a little speed yep. with the skis. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so phys- uh, lots of physical stuff. Um, anything else that you do? Um, That's a lot. Not to say that you need more. That's a lot. I'm a big believer in massage, too. Oh, I mean, I, yeah. I add that um, usually about once a month, although I've fallen off during COVID um, of that routine. Massage is great. It's worth it. I oh, know it's yeah, expensive, know. and you know you have to like sort of make yourself do it sometimes, but... I don't know, that combination of sort of, you know, focus on the physical, work on mobility, mm-hmm. and then have a massage, and then, you know, um, stay active on my bike and hiking. Yeah, yeah. My wife connection. and my daughter and I hiked more miles than I could count during early COVID, part of COVID. I, yeah. Where'd you go around here? Um, mostly, mostly up near Dayton. I have a friend who knows all the metro parks up there. Oh, I haven't been up near Dayton. Yeah, for it sounds hiking. so such, like such a weird. Right, because usually you would say flat. like go south, go yeah. to the gorge or something. But we found some killer hikes within you know like an hour of here. Wow, so, to me that's totally worth the drive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I might have to get some of those yeah, from I you. I can send you those. Anything mental, like mindfulness practices, anything like that? Do you do? You, are you into any of that stuff? You know, I'm not yet. But yeah. Here's the funny thing. Um, I'm sort of a procrastinator, which, okay. you know, starting a club that has 440 members wouldn't make you think that I'm a procrastinator, mm-hmm. but I have been putting off like really getting ahead of the mental aspect. Mm-hmm. Why do you and, think that is? Um, gosh, probably just cause I'm ADD and I 
it's hard. It's going to be hard. It, it is really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. I'm distracted by this stupid device in my Aren't pocket. We all? And I'm yes. distracted by my laptop. And yeah. I want to watch Queen's Gambit. And, yes. You know. Oh, my gosh. I started I started one episode. Then I like kind of fell asleep. But I'm that's on my list. Oh, my gosh. It it's is. on my list. It's one of the best shows Oh, good. For me, me in a, like a lot of years. Okay, perfect. Yeah, it's really good. But um, I think that's the reason. But it, it is absolutely something that I need to focus on. I think yeah, it would it's help hard. me. I think it would help me on the on the pickleball court a ton. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I am trying now as a practice and technique for myself because it is also hard for me to get into a habit of just like sitting and doing a meditation. So when I'm going out for my walks now, which I do almost every day that I can, and I'm usually listening to a podcast or listening to music, I'll do the first five minutes with nothing. Like I set a timer on my phone where I'm like, just focus on your breath. If you're, if my mind wanders, like the point for me is like, okay, did you recognize your mind wandered and like kind of pull it back? So that's how I've been trying to like incorporated a little bit because it is it is really difficult and you're like it's fine i don't need to do it like you, it's so easy to blow off yeah boy i can already tell you i need that I, my mind wanders on the court like i'll start thinking about what's for dinner yeah you know, it's like what am i gonna have for dinner right when like i've got a ball getting hit you at me a, from 14 feet away what's like, it called a, a What's it called? What's the shot called? Oh, third shot drop. Third shot yeah. drop. <laughs> I was like, lob. Is it a, is it a lob? You're going to lob it in? Yeah, you got that to think about. Yeah, no. for sure. So, Mitch, what does being fit mean to you? Um, You know, being fit to me means being alive. Yeah. And being alive that. means being fit. <laughs> like, I, to me, that's as simple as I can... You are 100% committed. This is part of your lifestyle. There's yeah. no separation. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mentioned my dad before. My dad used to say to me, um, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. Yeah. Your health he, is your greatest wealth. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and that that's such a, like, you could argue that, that there's a triteness to that, but I actually think that's the most powerful, that the most powerful lesson he taught me. I agree. So um, to me, like the the desire to be an 80 year old who can mm. still snowboard yes. means I have to be really <laughs> cognizant of my mental and physical fitness. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just part of the reason that I love this sport is because it keeps me focused on mental yeah. and physical fitness. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks Sharing for having your pickleball me. wisdom. I can't wait to play with you. I, we're, we're going to have to play. I, you, I'm, I'm going to ask you for coaching I, for sure. I'm I gonna want need you. Some I help. want you to ask me for, I mean, I, cause I will give it willingly once, yes. once somebody asks. Yeah. 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 Sure. Where do you play now that if you have, to, you have to go indoors, do you have an indoor place at? Yeah. Mostly okay. Eastern Hills. Indoor. Okay. Yep. I know exactly where that is. Right near Lunkin airport. Okay. We'll have to pick. We'll have to pick a date, yeah. schedule. Yeah. I'll bring my husband. He can be my partner because God knows we cannot play against each other. Yeah, He can play against me because he just always wins. But I just – I can be a pretty humble, fine loser on the outside to everyone but him. Yep. Yeah. I know the, I know the emotion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where can people follow, learn more about Cincinnati Pickleball Club if they want to play? Yep. So CincinnatiPickleball.com is our website. Perfect. Um, you can find us – Super easy on Instagram and yeah. Facebook. It's just Cincinnati Pickleball Club. Um, we are very active in social media. We keep the website uh, updated like crazy, yeah. except for the places to play. <laughs> um, and when you are a member, you get a weekly uh, newsletter that oh, comes out nice. every Monday morning. I send it at 8.15 to be exact. Great. And it's packed with like places to play and things to do and 
things to learn. Fun. It's it may it might be a little bit too much for you know somebody who's early in their journey, but um, so yeah, send that out to 440 people every Monday morning. That's great, mm-hmm. listeners. If you're looking to play pokeball and you need someone to go with, hit me up. Get your paddle. I've got I've got the ball, so you don't have to worry about that. Get your paddle. Let me know. And we'll go play pickleball with Mitch, and he can give us a quick little lesson. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. It was great. Yep. <laughs>